Chapter Three, Section Eleven of the Greek View of Life by Goldsworthy Lowes Dickinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Chapter Three, Section Eleven. Summary. If now we turn back to take a general view of the points that have been treated in the present chapter we shall notice in the first place that the ideal of the greeks was the direct and natural outcome of the conditions of their life it was not something beyond and above the experience of the class to which it applied but rather was the formula of that experience itself in philosophical phrase it was immanent not transcendent because there really was a class of soldier citizens free from the necessity of mechanical toil possessed of competence and leisure and devoting these advantages willingly to the service of the state therefore their ideal of conduct took the form we have described it was the ideal of a privileged class and postulated for its realization not only a strenuous endeavor on the part of the individual but also certain adventitious gifts of fortune such as health wealth and family connections these were conditions that actually obtained among members of the class concerned so that the ideal in question was not a mere abstract ought but an expression of what approximately at least was realized in fact but this which was the strength of the ideal of the greeks was also its limitation their ethical system rested not only on universal facts of human nature but also on a particular and transitory social arrangement when therefore the city-state with its sharp antithesis of classes began to decline the ideal of the soldier citizen declined also the conditions of its realization no longer existed and ethical conceptions passed into a new phase in the first place the ideal of conduct was extended so as to apply to man as man instead of to a particular class in a particular form of state and in the second place as a corollary of this those external goods of fortune which were the privilege of the few could no longer be assumed as conditions of an ideal which was supposed to apply to all consequently the new ideal was conceived as wholly internal to be virtuous was to act under the control of the universal reason which was supposed to dwell in man as man and such action was independent of all the gifts of chance it was as open to a slave as to a freeman to an artisan as to a soldier or a statesman 
the changes and chances of this mortal life were indifferent to the virtuous man on the rack as on the throne he was lord of himself and free this conception of the stoics broke down the limitation of the greek ideal by extending the possibility of virtue to all mankind but at the same time it destroyed its sanity and balance for it was precisely because of its limitation that the ideal of the greeks was approximately at least an account of what was and not merely of what ought to be a man possessed of wealth and friends of leisure health and culture really could and did achieve the end at which he was aiming but the conception of one who without any such advantages on the contrary with positive disadvantages poor sickly and a slave perhaps or even in prison or on the rack should nevertheless retain unimpaired the dignity of manhood and the freedom of his own soul such a conception if it is not chimerical is at any rate so remote from common experience that it is not capable of serving as a really practical ideal for ordinary life but an ideal so remote that its realization is despaired of is as good as none and the conception of the stoics if it was more comprehensive than that of aristotle was also less practical and real by virtue nevertheless of this comprehensiveness the stoic ideal is more akin to modern tendencies than that of the soldier citizen in the city-state to provide for the excellence of a privileged class at the expense of the rest of the community is becoming to us increasingly impossible in fact and intolerable in idea but while admitting this we cannot but note that the greeks at whatever cost did actually achieve a development of the individual more high and more complete than has been even approached by any other age whether it will ever be possible under totally different conditions to realize once more that balance of body and soul that sanity of ethical intuition that frank recognition of the whole range of our complex human nature with a view to its harmonious organization under the control of a lucid reason whether it will ever be possible again to realize this ideal and that not only in the members of a privileged class but in the whole body of the state is a question too problematical to be raised with advantage in this place but it is impossible not to perceive that with the decline of the greek city-state something passed from the world which it can never cease to regret and the recovery of which if it might be in some perfect form 
must be the goal of its highest practical endeavours immense no doubt is the significance of the centuries that have intervened but it is a significance of preparation and when we look beyond the means to the wished-for end limiting our conceptions to the actual possibilities of life on earth it is among the greeks that we seek the record of the highest achievement of the past and the hope of the highest possibilities of the future end of chapter three the greek view of the individual recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey